This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Rubin. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm, uh, I thought we could chit chat before we start, but I'm not, I don't want to chit chat. I actually am excited. <laughs> Cut to the business. I'm the, I keep telling you, like, I think we should talk before the shows get going. And then, <laughs> and I'm then the, you don't. Yeah. It's my, I'm the, pro, I'm usually I'm the problem and this is how, what it looks like. It's, it's cool. We can, we can just jump right in. I'm also excited. Uh, Bryant is here today. So, okay, so you want to, you've met him before, right? I have. Well, okay. So, you know him. so everybody, this is Bryant Austin and <laughs> I just want to tell a little story. Bryant, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks hello, for having hello. me. Welcome. So I don't know. I haven't really heard your version of this. So I'll tell my version and let's see how they fit together a little bit. And, and I could be, maybe I completely made this up, but my recollection was many years ago, maybe nine years ago or eight years ago, I uh, met someone who had a gallery in Carmel and she and I were hanging out. And at some point she said, I want to show you somebody's work that I think you'll like, because I know you love photography. And I looked at this, I looked at one of your photographs and I, like my jaw hit the floor. I couldn't believe it. she explained Aww. this. She explained what you were doing to me. And at the time I was going to these conferences in Carmel and I guess, we, I don't know if you lived in Carmel or maybe she was in Carmel, but I yeah. invited, I, I showed the pictures to the people from the conference, from the EG conference. And everyone was like, that guy's awesome. And, and then one day I was at the conference and there you were. And that's how I met you was at the well, conference. Thank you. Is that wow? Did I make that up? No, that that sounds right. Yeah, and I really appreciate that co you connected me with EG because I, I met a lot of great people there and uh, some people that took my work to new levels. So thank you. Well, it, the, I, I I have to say for people who are who don't know your work, the pictures that I saw that just were jaw dropping. Oh. Again, stop me if this is, if I'm remembering this in a dream, <laughs> but it was a life size photograph, a life size photograph of a whale, and yeah. the eye of the whale was the size of my head, and I'd never seen anything like this, a life size photo, and un you know if you take a picture of a whale, you're going to distort it, but it was undistorted. What was right. I looking at? What was that? Yeah, those are life-size portraits. <laughs> you know, they're, um, they're portraits uh, emphasizing the eye and uh, the varied expressions in the eye. Um, and those portraits are roughly four by six feet to six by ten feet. Wow. And that's the first thing I always do when I'm with a whale is uh, to see if I can get the portrait of the eye and the surrounding head. If that's that the first feel, thing if, you do when you see a whale. Yeah. Okay, well, no, checking. I mean, the first thing I hope for, and I, I, I'm very careful to, to hopefully achieve. And if the whale spends more time with me, that's when I start to think about doing the whole body. And, and so that's when I'll start photographing their body and, and five foot wide sections going, you know, up and down and then making this really massive, Composite, highly detailed composite of their body. They're done. Do, it's done with a medium format camera. Wait a second. Are they holding? Detailed. Are they holding still for this? Do they know what you're um, doing? <laughs> well, what I do that there, it's both. So most of the time, I stay still. And and if you're if you're by yourself in the ocean, 
floating alone, they're more likely to come up to you, and you wait for them to come up to you because if you swim up to them, they, they most likely leave. And so you have to really just wait. And when they come up to you, they can come up to you for four minutes to five hours, and I've had both. Wow. And um, so generally, I, I do let them swim by my camera. So they'll make multiple passes, and then I'll just take pictures as they move by my lens. And they're generally like five or six feet. Six feet's the outer limit. It's really four or five feet that really gets the detail, gets the color and the tones, because you can't use artificial light. What Excuse came, me, I want to, Wait, <clears throat> what came sorry. first, the photography or the whales? I mean, were you a diver and you thought, I should take pictures of these? Or were you a photographer thinking, I think I should get in the oh. water? You know, that's a long story. I, I, I was a kid just completely out of touch with my truth. And um, it took years to peel back all the layers. And then in my truth, I realized, you know, um, I, I was a painter most of my childhood and it burned me out. I wasn't satisfied. And then I realized photography is my medium. And, and the other layer that slowly got peeled out back was that I, I'm really connected to the ocean in a big way and, and in particular whales. Wow. So, yeah. It's just waking up to your truth and just and, and feeling that resonance. You know, it's like, wow, okay, yeah, this is it's pretty obvious. This is my purpose and my truth, you so know, how connecting it, with these animals. So how did the, that project is it, that's the eye of the whale project? Is that what that you call that? No, no. Well, I mean, I, I you know, even though I don't I haven't done it for a couple of years now, I don't it, it's always been a practice to me. And uh yeah, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> You know, it's just a it's just a practice. It's a way to connect uh, with nature and a way to connect with yourself and, and really just blur blur the lines. You know, <laughs> I I heard a a, um, a talk that you had given or an interview that you'd given, and you were saying it's it's fifteen to thirty photographs per per whale, and it takes months not just to composite the images, but it takes yeah. months to build a computer that can process the amount of uh, kind of data. To make yeah. these images possible, can you talk about that? That amazes me that you have oh to God, make yeah, your there's, tools. There's there's tears like in doing this work. I mean, it's highly experimental. It, it's never had been done before or since. So there's tears like you know, and, and getting the computer is part of it. Like having the processing power is that. So it's like, um, okay, I'm in the field, uh, and I'm in the field for five weeks or three months. It's really expensive. Okay, oh, I got something. You know, it happens. If you're in the field for five weeks, you're lucky if you have one good encounter, you mm -hmm. know, for, for five minutes or, or, or an hour. Okay, it's like, okay, what do I do with all this data now, all these photographs? Um, I can't do anything with them. So now I, because the computer I had was from the last field season from two years earlier, and I'm, I'm you know, everything's getting bigger. And uh, so, yeah, uh, I've, I've built three computers wow. uh, over time to uh, tackle each one. And the last computer that was built, it was built just to make one photograph, and it measures eight by thirty-six feet, uh, and that was completed in two thousand twelve. Uh, that was my last one. Um, I spent twelve years of my life to make fourteen life-size portraits. And wow! That one was never printed, so uh, you know it, it's everything I do is done to archival standards, so they'll last for hundreds of years, so future generations and kids can see what we may lose in our lifetime, or, or may not. Hopefully not. But I really want a solid record of what what we're coexisting with right now, and uh, and that's when I decided to take a break because like wow I've, I've spent yeah you know, that was finished in 2012 and then for another three years I, I just tried to raise funding to print and mount it you know mm -hmm. to a to an archival standard which is you know it's like six or seventy thousand mm -hmm. dollars and then you've got to store it and transport it and find a venue for it and it was just yeah I wasn't creating anymore and it was that part of my mind was going you know atrophied. 
How do you feel when you're in the water with just kind of waiting for a whale? Like, is it meditative? Is it yeah, it's scary? Yeah, very peaceful. No, no, it's very peaceful. Um, so there's a lot of surrender, and it just comes naturally for me. Um, and like I said, I do work alone in the water. So I can be in 3,000 feet of blue water. Um, my boat can be 800 feet away. Uh, and I'm just with whales. I'm floating. I'm I'm at a distance where we can have a visual connection to each mm-hmm. other, but that's it. And then I just wait. And um, yeah, it is meditative. You, uh, I breathe up in a way. Uh, I'm a free diver, so that's breath hold diving. Wow. So, so I'll. Uh, I don't generally dive with whales. Uh, they don't like it. They leave. So <laughs> they're very sensitive. And but it's just a way um, to relax. So I'll saturate my blood you know, to nearly 100% O2 and my heart rate, I can lower my heart rate through my breathing, the way I breathe. And yeah, it's just very relaxing, very much in the moment. Um, but you're holding a camera and you're, you are and hoping a whale comes around and sure. you have to concentrate on the photography part as well as yeah. not, you know, dying because you're holding <laughs> your breath underwater. <laughs> uh, yeah, the breath holds not, not, I don't do too much of that. Um, you know, I, I've been held by wells and uh, almost taken down by a young well that just held me in his arm, his peck fin. And I think he was about to take me to go see his mom. And uh, his mom <sighs> came up next to us. And so um, he let go of me. But you have to be able to navigate those challenges, you know, those things when they come up. Well, so, yeah. are you more comfortable? I, I was glancing. <clears throat> I've been going through your portfolio, your newer work. Yeah. You're on the land that looks right. safer. Is it still meditative? Is it the same kind of process? Yeah. So tell me about that. <clears throat> the me. new project. Yeah. So it really, um, yeah, I had to take a break from Wales just because um, it's it's just um, yeah, it's a long. St- I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Like really, that the ultimate thing issue was I couldn't make it sustainable, and um, it it. It, it was, you know, it was, it, you know, yeah, it was it's a long story. It wasn't sustainable. And I thought I could either just try to be a salesman and not take photographs for, you know, I did that for three years. Yeah, I could just keep doing that. Or I could just uh, create and, and find a way to, to have a daily creative practice. And uh, I made that decision um, uh, in 2015. So then the idea was, okay, yeah, whales will... They'll pull you into the present moment. Um, the word "well" is meaningless when you're with them. They're, they're, they have a, a presence. You feel their presence, uh, their consciousness. It's all very evident. And you know, you, you can you know they can bring you closer to an enlightened state where you just feel connected to everything and feel one with everything. Uh, it's they can easily take you there, especially when you can just touch them and they're looking at you, their eyes moving and studying you. Wow. Um, but I th- always want to know. I mean. It's available to us every day, all of us, everywhere. We don't need to be with a whale five feet away. It, we could that that same thing can those emotions can be stirred from by a flower or a tree, uh, or or the sun or the sky. And I thought I I just want to explore ways to evoke that same emotional state uh, that I felt with the whales in everyday life. And uh, so I'd say do? a lot. Uh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, what did you do? Like, I mean, well, I've seen some of your pictures, but maybe you could describe what you came to. Well, you know, it. it um, 
It was a decision I made in an emergency room, actually. I, I had a close call with a medication. Um, uh, it, it just, my body just did not like it. And uh, I just thought, you know, laying in the hospital bed, like, what am I doing? You know, and, uh, and I just came back to this idea of connecting every day. And, you know, the, the idea is, uh, you know, when you connect to the present moment, when you can create work that reminds us or, or can connect us to the present moment, you realize that the cosmos is right here, and and I just wanted to start exploring work that can that connects us to that reality. Um, I'm not sure if I answered your question, though. <laughs> not at all. Not uh, even in the slide. Well, I mean, I, what I've seen are they look like landscapes, and then there are these almost scientifically amazing images of the sun. Okay. Yeah. 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 What What am I seeing? Um. Yeah. That, it started with the sun and the telescope, and um. You know, like, you know how we have narratives in our head, like, that can keep, that kind of hold us back, you know? And I think during that three years, I wasn't taking photographs. I was so focused on the whales, getting back to the whales, getting, you know, really doing all this stuff. I, the narrative was, I can't do anything else. Like, it's whales. And and anything else I do is less. And and there's a, in my mind, I almost created, like, a hierarchy. Like, whales are at the top of this hierarchy. And they're not. And, um and uh, so I, I, you know, I'll, I'll just real quick, just because it makes sense to explain this. I, I, ha I was having GI issues, and the medication was to help with GI issues, but it sent me into the emergency room. And the doctor said, you know, if you take antidepressants, they can help your GI issues. And I thought, I don't need antidepressants. I'm fine. They said, you're fine, but your stomach <laughs> and your intestine, they'll benefit from it because they have lots of serotonin receptors. I'm like, okay, let's take them. And I was like, lo and behold, I well, where's my narrative? And it was just like, oh. And it was like I was I could be a child again. I could create. I could run out. I, you know, I had a telescope in the garage that my wife's parents gave to me as a gift for the Venus when Venus transited the sun in 2012. Let's so just explore with this. You know, let's see where it goes. And it was just a, a giving myself a pass to play and explore things that have been with me since childhood. Um, and so, yeah, it started with the sun and it started with the tree. And, and it's very childlike and and you know honestly it's very unoriginal but we all like to align the moon and the sun behind things and the tree and this and that and i just gave myself permission to do that and i wasn't prepared where it would take me and and i just i was i had no agenda i'm not creating a body of work i don't have an exhibition schedule i'm not trying to do anything with it i just want to see where it would take me and it took me on a journey i wasn't prepared for um it moved has moved me more than any, all my time with whales. Uh, really? Yeah, connecting, starting with the sun, I, I don't even know where to begin, but yeah, um, there was a moment where I was photographing the sun rising behind a six-foot Jeffrey Pine on Half Dome that I've been photographing for the last four years. I photographed the tree from uh, two and a half miles away with a telescope. And right, the idea is like, oh, let's get the sun and the tree, and that's cool. And then it's the things I would see beforehand. I would see the way... The sun, you wouldn't see the sun, but you would see the way it would illuminate the tree and then the edge of the granite, right, out until it goes out of the frame. And the telescope's roughly like 2,000 millimeter magnification. And then you would see, before the sun emerges, you would see the insects flying. They look like stars. They're like, the sky's black, by the way. Everything's black except for this, this drama unfolding, this micro world I'm seeing from two and a half miles away. And then birds would fly over. Airplanes would fly over. And they would flash the sun and look like comets just rocketing through the frame. 
And so you're just connecting to all these things. And it was a day like that with Half Dome and this Jeffrey Pine where I looked over my shoulder. I'm waiting for the sun, and I don't use a watch. I just look over my shoulder, and I can see the shadow coming down behind me on the valley and on the wall. Mm -hmm. Um, And the shadow hit the valley floor, and it started moving towards me. And I kept looking over my shoulder, looking at the shadow. And in a a moment, I looked over, and I – I swear I could feel a presence in that shadow. It's like Earth's Earth's rotation is evident in that shadow approaching me. Wow. And I felt a presence. And as the shadow came up to me and moved past me, um, I, I for that moment, I could feel the cosmos experiencing itself through me. And then in a moment later, it was it, it, I felt it experience itself through me until there was no longer a me. Wow. And, and um, yeah. That happened last year, and after three years of just following the sun, and it's forever changed the way I create now. And, and I don't even create anymore; I connect to to you know reality, Earth's reality, um, and to myself. Um, but, so you're yeah, us- a- but you're using oh, the photographs as a vehicle or as a as a part of that connection. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's and like the mission- sharing the connection. I mean, it's it seems like you get to share your connection with the world because we get to see these moments in a way that the rest of us aren't even, our eyes aren't even open for. Yeah, I hope so. You know, um, initially I thought, well, if I can just create every day, it's a way to get myself out there and, and maybe it's a way back to the wells, but it was kind of more just a way back to yourself, you know, your true self. What, what's so interesting is that, I mean, you've taken the, like the largest creature on our planet um, and given them this, like this soul and this, this texture that is sort of unseen unless you're really there. Um, And this, you talked about this before, but just this like calmness in their expression and their eyes. And then you kind of have moved to now, obviously this large um, orb that is, you know, in our, in our solar system. That's true. And you've (laughs) added this level of like texture and, edge that that I've never seen before I've, I've, oh, I've really never thanks. seen these photographs that they're and I don't know if it's the the addition of them being black and white that adds mm. this almost like abstractness abstractness of the the contrast and like this texture it's How it's really you, compelling yeah there's texture oh, in the sun's yeah. disc where it's almost always blown out every picture of the sun that humans oh, yeah. take is going to be blown out and exposed it's for them for the ground yeah. and here you've i don't know through a series of uh, unbelievable solar filters have brought out the texture in the chrono what i don't what do you call that the corolla the chromosphere the and uh the, the chrono we can see during the eclipse and there's the chromosphere and and there's different layers of the sun's surface that you can see through different filters and yeah i use a hydrogen alpha filter um the sun's <laughs> been very quiet for the last year so i haven't done any imaging on the solar surface uh since yeah, for me the too. Past year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you get you get really connected to the surface because you'll see the storms and the spots, and they move each day that I set up an image. You'll see you'll notice that the spots over a little bit more and a little bit more. You know, the sun's spinning too. And um, wow, an amateur can do this. Can get a filter easily. Yeah, easily. Wow. Yeah, you could get a filter for a hundred dollars for if you have a telephoto lens. Uh, like if you have a 500 millimeter, like I have a two to 500 millimeter lens, a Nikon, that I use for my Sony cameras, and it works beautifully. I put a doubler on it and a solar filter, 
and you can see the surface in beautiful detail just Amazing. with that. And those are straight shots. Those ones I saw with half with half dome and the sun. Uh, yeah, that's just yeah, a picture through a huge long lens. Right, the ones that are online uh, that I have online, some like the one with half dome. That's just one telescope and and a solar filter. But to get to get the surface of the sun, to get its detail. To get the dynamic range of an illuminated atmosphere, like where there's high humidity and you have like a, you know, you have something in the air to, that reflects light that makes it white. You know, it's not quite clouds, but it's it's something forming. Mm-hmm. So you want to get that. And then you want to get uh, foreground subjects in focus. So I, I uh, for a while, I was using three cameras. So I'd use two at the same time for the sun and the atmosphere and the foreground subjects getting, I guess, focal dynamic range and then di- illuminated dynamic range, I guess. And then for the surface of the sun, I would either image it separately uh-huh. before or after these events. And to get the surface detail, you use a monochrome video camera. And mm. and the sensor is really small. And uh, you can only image about one-eighth of the sun's surface at a time. And you capture about 4,000 video frames. And you do that. It takes about an hour and a half and then you run it through a program that picks out the sharpest frames and stacks them into a 16-bit print quality TIFF. And then a program like Photoshop can render it seamlessly into a disk. And then, so you're, you're then suggesting it I, I can't do this with my phone? Uh, you could, actually. It'd probably, <laughs> probably be very original. I don't know if anyone has yet. <laughs> um, we can modify your phone with a monochrome uh, sensor. <laughs> I will make some calls. Take off the color filter array. <laughs> yeah. What... Uh, I'm curious. I mean, it's clear what inspires you. Are, are there photographers who inspire you, who who got you to here that taught you something? There are photographers who inspire me now, like not not when I was up and coming. I mean, like when I was up and coming, when I was just con- trying to connect to myself and my passion and purpose. You know, Bob, you know, I don't know if you've heard of Bob Talbot. No, he he, he photographs uh, whales in the '80s and '90s, and he always showed me. Um, What's possible if you if you care about your subject, and his well photography stands out. There's just no there's no comparison. There's no equivalent. Um, very sensitive to atmosphere, sea surface reflectivity states, and uh, and the behavior of the whale or dolphin. Um, and, you know, and then. You know, Nick he Brandt. has like a famous collection. Is it? And like the name was is familiar. I'd I'd read um, an interview you gave actually, and you'd mentioned him before, so I googled him. Oh, okay. Is like the the Talbot collection. The they, Talbot collection. Yeah, you're. Yeah. I think you're. Yeah, that's it. Yep. They're <laughs> they're definitely iconic images. Like the I, Ruben, I think you'd if you um if you look at them, they're 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 images you've definitely seen before. Okay. He was like from the 80s and 90s, is that right? Yeah, yeah, and he moved on into filmmaking, and he, I think he made a couple of IMAX films, and now I, I don't know what he's doing. You know, I've only met him a couple of times, and uh, yeah, so that he's influential early, but like, you know, someone like Nick Brandt really inspired me. Um, again, it's like, you know, if you really care about a subject, photographing nature uh, as an art form is really hard. Um, I mean, obviously, just to find, to, to to capture it in a way that's original and compelling, and then to get out in the world is really hard. Was Nick Brandt um, a conservationist? Um, I don't remember. Yeah. My thinking of his pictures are, are always, uh, for some reason, there's dead animals in them. Is that my just imagination? <laughs> He's, he has dead animals in his photography. But he also has these amazing, like you talk about like the life-size well portraits. He does uh, portraits. He's, he has done portraits of animals, like lions. Like he'll sit next to them, wild animals. 
and cheetahs and and just wait for that moment you know when the like what the, there's one with the line where he's waiting for something to happen and the wind picks up and the sun comes out from a cloud and it just and he's using a um you know a, a portrait lens on a medium format camera and um and a lion yeah yeah and so he, he's an, an amazing photographer and he uh he's done good with it you know he started a foundation that protects these animals they, they hire rangers that you know hunt down poachers and yeah, i've always admired that um cool cool yeah we, we have an expression wait to make it great and i feel like you absolutely encapsulate that oh, thanks. <laughs> it's you know the one thing that i do um it, it, it is uh, the, for, i think for me to be able to see to to, to conceive what i do is like i have to constantly emotionally decouple from all the financial influences and pressures to create work and when i can remove that pressure and decouple from it i i see like i can all of a sudden it's like you know veils lifted and and um um yeah so i i think that's really helped especially with the well photography you're really the antithesis of a commercial photographer. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, you're you're completely not trying to make. I mean, you're not out there doing. Uh, this sounds terrible, doesn't it? It's hard to be an artist, right? It's hard, yeah, yeah. But it's so important, you know. And, and what you can, how you can, what you can connect, you know, what you can share with humanity. Things are so important that that we can't see, you know, and. Uh, is there any place that I just, I'm so drawn to and just kind of almost in disbelief that you've made these amazing um, portraits of, of whales one-to-one. Is there any yeah. place that we can go that we can see them, see these, yeah. these portraits? Um, the, I have um, smaller portraits and smaller photographs uh, on display uh, at Cape Cod at the mm -hmm. Focus Gallery. Uh, that's the only gallery showing my whale photography and it's shown year-round. Wow. Okay, we'll put a link yeah. in to, so people could, who are on these oh, coasts thank can, you. can get over there. Um, I see behind you a couple pictures. Yeah. Something we'd like to ask everyone who comes on the show is sure to for two pic to describe two photographs that are on your wall right now in your home. One yeah. that you took, and mm -hmm. one that you did not take. That are photographs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, sh I could share this one right here behind me. Sure. Um, so I mentioned I spent 14 years to make 12, or no, 12 years to make 14 life-size portraits. This is my only photograph above water of a whale. It's a whale tail sticking out of the water. It's entitled A Mother Listens, and it's a mother doing just that, most likely, listening for other whales. And, um, you know, it was a moment where I was completely stripped down emotionally, financially, everything. Um, I had left my job, cashed out my retirement sold everything I owned um, and, you know, my boat, everything, my car. And I, I had tried for years to photograph wells in the tradition of Bob Talbot above water on the Monterey Bay, you know, with my own boat and a team of volunteers and all that. And here I am like trying to make a life-size portrait. And this whale is sticking her tail out of the water for 20 minutes. And this tail is slowly spinning 360 around me. And so I spent about three minutes with that photo, with her above water trying to make this photo and I made it. And, you know, it's this weird, like, you know, I sold my bow, but yet I'm floating alone in the ocean with this whale making an above water photograph, you know, <laughs> like, and this literally that what is on me is all I own this camera. I have a laptop back, you know, on land, but that, that's pretty much it is like just completely stripped down. 
And then I put that photograph away. I never thought about it. That was done in 2006. And I just focused on the portraits. And um, Cindy Valino, who owns the Focus Gallery, reached out to me in 2013 to say, I'll represent your work if you release that photograph. And the thing that blows me away is that that photograph has sustained me for the last you know, six years. Oh. We, 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 it's sold out. We released it. Um, in three different sizes in editions of 20 and there's only like two prints left wow and that has allowed me to yeah just go all over and, and explore this new body of work and just keep going so Bravo. i'm so grateful to, to her it's, yeah is that <laughs> a, beautiful is that an archival print is that a, a like a print behind you oh yeah yeah that's one of the last prints um that i have it's not i'm not releasing it to the public but um it'll probably stay with the body of work that i have that goes to museums um, it's great it's beautiful storage oh it's thank beautiful. you yeah. Okay, and then, and then one that you didn't take. Yeah, there's one right here. I don't. Should I show you? Or sure. well, or, I mean, yeah. if you could send us, there like, it is. I'll send it to you. I'd like to. I'd like you. to post them if it's okay. To yeah, like of course. Show people, what's on your wall? Well, my wife uh, Cheryl um, really spent her formative years in in the Everglades. Uh, she's a plant ecologist, and um, before we met, she really grew attached to a photographer named Clyde Butcher. His work is black and white as well, you know, landscape of the Everglades, of Florida nature. But he's very sensitive to atmosphere as well. And, um, you know, and, um, you know, he works with these giant, you know, view cameras and uh, really an amazing photographer. So we have a little one of his um, <laughs> uh, on our wall, and I'll, I'll share a picture of that with you. And, um, yeah, Cheryl has a bunch of his photographs. Uh, and it's just nice that... His aesthetic is similar to mine, the way we connect with nature. You said that you have a daily um, photography practice. What does that entail? What do you do? Um, I don't know if I take pictures every day. I try to, um, definitely when I'm inspired. But, um, you know, I just, especially when the sun's out, I can really just, I can just walk outside and, and connect with Earth's spin, its rotation, just by just sitting with a shadow. And it looks static, but you just sit there and watch it move across asphalt, across the cracks, things going out of the cracks. You just see the shadow move. And it, it's like, and you start to wonder, like, can anybody see this? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, then, and then you look, okay, so you see your head. You see the shadow cast of your head, and you know the sun is right there. So... Um, you can. Yeah, I'm just talking about my driveway where I live. Um, I'll see a shadow of a branch, and I'll I'll go walk up to that shadow of the branch until my head is in the shadow, and then I just look over my shoulder, and the branch is illuminated on both sides. You don't see the sun anymore, and then you see you know you'll see insects and spider webs moving around, and um, it's infinite. Uh, that's what I realized in. Um, when, when I mentioned that moment earlier, when I felt the cosmos experience itself through me, it, it changed the way I see, and um, it's changed the way I connect. I, you know, um, so it's like you're connecting to the infinite, and and connecting to inf- possibilities that are infinite. So it's overwhelming. So I find that I have to put a governor on it, or I, I don't take pictures because it's too overwhelming. So I try to go out in small doses and go outside and. Um, you- 
You know, I, I talk sometimes in the show about the modulating force that a camera is, that sometimes the energy oh, yeah. in front of you is so too too great to experience directly, whether it's sometimes it's love or sexual, sometimes it's sure. personal, but or a war happening and it's violent, oh, but yeah. the camera transduces that in a way. And it's, and again, I'm hearing you describe this, this sensitivity to something out there that's almost too much to experience and the camera is an opportunity to translate that into something we can kind of understand. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. One last question. We like to ask all our guests, but if you could describe your photo in one word, or sorry, your photography in one word, what word would you use? Oh, one word. You can hyphenate. We're flexible. Is a a self-portrait... Hyphenated, is that self-portrait? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And 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 yeah. That's beautiful. And, that is and beautiful. This self is the illusion. Yeah. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. <laughs> <laughs> Bryant, thank you so much. I'm, I really appreciate thank you, you coming and joining us. You bring such oh, a different perspective for people getting into photography. We've talked to commercial people. We talked to artists and yeah. educators, and you're a perfect kind of another point another point of view that i think will really be inspiring for people oh well thank you and i, I look forward to putting your podcast on on my long trips to yosemite in the coming months so. <laughs> <Yay>! thanks, <laughs> thanks well, for I, yeah absolutely well first and foremost thank you to bryant i think just talking to you has made me feel calmer and somehow more oh. more at peace <laughs> with the world and i feel i feel like that's the thing i struggle with in my photography is just is mm. waiting and being patient and so Thank you yeah. so much. It was a really, really, really lovely uh, chatting with you. Um, our show is recorded and produced in San Francisco. Go to neomodern.com slash podcast to get show notes, see photos, and post comments. Please leave reviews and ratings on iTunes, and don't forget to subscribe. We get new listeners from you telling your friends and spreading the word. If you know someone who might get something from us, send them the link. Thank you to Mitchell Foreman for our theme music and all of you for hanging out with us. We appreciate your attention and hope we've given you some things to think about until next time.